two. And we are recording episode 783, I think, Thursday, April 21st, 2022, with the beautiful Miss Claire Lopez in a very vibrant sweater that looks fantastic and looks very cozy. Miss Lopez, please introduce yourself for all of the new listeners. Well, um, I am the founder and president of Lopez Liberty LLC. Began my career after graduate school um, with 20 years career operations officer in the CIA. After that, did some federal contracting, um, did a lot of teaching and training of law enforcement uh, and military intelligence folks, um, and also uh, special forces out of Fort Bragg. Um, then uh, worked with a number of think tanks in Washington, D.C., with a special focus on national security there. And now continuing that same focus with national security, both domestic and uh, international, uh, I am independent, as I said, with Lopez Liberty, LLC. Of course. Now, again, just to reiterate, it's Thursday, April 21st, 2022. Where are we right now? And there's really there's really nothing that we can focus on other than uh, the war in Ukraine. Um, I think I saw today at the gym on TV that Russia is not going to continue to bomb, uh, bomb the Azovstal plant, but instead are, I think, surrounding it. Again, I'm not entirely sure what the importance. I know they think that there are Azov battalion in there. Um, but and then on the other side, you also have uh, Russian soldiers reported to uh, starting to feel abandoned and starting to acknowledge that this might be a quagmire. What all is going on? Because as you clearly stated, you have the expertise and not myself. Well, um, I, I am also doing a little bit of catching up um, today as I spent um, the last several days uh, visiting over the Easter weekend with family and friends. I spoke to my high school alma mater, St. Joseph Academy in Cleveland, Ohio, on Tuesday to a um, combined group of several classes of their uh, government AP, AP government uh, course. So best I can uh, uh, put together from, from what I, I've heard catching up here um, is that indeed the, the overall city of Mariupol essentially has fallen to the Russians. It's important because Mariupol is a city that is a port, a port city located on the Sea of Azov. The Sea of Azov um, is a, an inland sea, if you will. Um, the Kerch Straits connects the Sea of Azov, if you can picture this, to the Black Sea. And then the Black Sea out the Bosporus into the Mediterranean Sea. So three connected seas, if you will, and the furthest inland uh, would be the Sea of Azov, but it's important um, that strip along which Mariupol is located um, because Russia is not geographically connected directly to Crimea. Crimea is a peninsula that hangs off of Ukraine, if you will, into the Black Sea, and there's no direct land connection to Russia itself. And so the Russians trying to, to grab this strip of land uh, that uh, lies along the, the Sea of Azov would connect uh, Crimea by a land bridge to Russia. 
Mariupol, unfortunately, is smack in the middle of that strip of land. Um, and it has mostly fallen. It's been pounded into smithereens by Russian uh, bombing and, and, and artillery. Uh, yes, uh, there are still some Ukrainian fighters holding out in that big metalworks plant. I gather that it's more than four miles, square miles, very large mm -hmm. facility. Um, I understand as well that there are a lot of civilians in there, maybe as many as a thousand. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's very difficult to, um, to, to, to know which numbers coming out of this conflict are, are the most accurate, okay? So that is what I've heard, though, many civilians. Uh, and that, yeah, that uh, Russian president, Vladimir Putin, uh, today, or maybe it was yesterday, um, said that he is not going to order a final uh, assault against that ironworks facility, um, against the Ukrainian fighters holding out there, but rather just going to surround them and, I guess, basically starve them out is the idea. Um, obviously, the Ukrainian government and President Volodymyr Zelensky are trying as hard as they can to get relief uh, to Mariupol, um, not just those fighters in, in that plant, but, but also to the many civilians that still remain in the city and cannot get out. Uh, the Russians have been bombing their cars as they try to Jesus. flee the city. I mean, the war crimes are uh, just a, a list of atrocities by, by this uh, Russian regime of Putin. So at the moment, it's a bit of a standoff maybe in Mariupol, but most of the city has fallen. Eyes now uh, to the next city along that coastline, uh, and that would be Odessa, uh, which lies through the Kerch Strait and on the shore, uh, the Ukrainian shore of the Black Sea. Now, whether the Russians are even capable of mounting uh, an all-out assault against Odessa uh, is, is a matter of some question. So leave that aside for the moment. The other focus going on right now uh, is in the Donbass, uh, in those two oblasts, as they call them, something like provinces of Donetsk and Luhansk. And Russian units badly mauled in other places, like in the failed uh, attempt to, to take the Ukrainian capital city of Kiev. Those mauled and, and much depleted units uh, have now been withdrawn back uh, towards the east, towards the Donbass. Um, where they are supposed to join up, I guess, mauled units with other mauled units, which is not going to work very well, um, to mount the um, very large uh, attack um, against the Ukrainian lines there in the Donbass to try to take that entirely, which they have not, they, the Russians, have not been able to do yet. So those are the two focuses, if you will, of, of the war right now. Although long-range Russian missiles have hit Lviv, which is all the way to the western side of Ukraine, not many miles from the Polish border. Oh, geez. So, yeah, they have, they have even uh, been sending missiles over to Lviv. Um, not an all-out assault, but you know, when you're under, <laughs> when you're under a, a you know, bombardment, you're under a bombardment. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, yeah. where we're at. Yeah, I was gonna say it's 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 easy for us to get to get lost in the hundred thousand foot view of it's only a couple missiles and it's like, man, 
I'm in a little town in Salisbury. If if someone in Russia said hey, it was only one cruise missile, I'd be like, if it was a cru- underneath. It's it's not just. It's not just. It's yeah. It's oh my now, god. Yeah. President Biden today um, made an announcement uh, during a public, um, not exactly a press conference because I think he only took about three questions and then fled the scene. But um, an announcement this morning. Um, uh, where he uh, announced an additional 800 million. Yeah, 800 million dollars worth of assistance to Ukraine um, and an unspecified uh, list of of additional uh, weaponry as well as ammunition and other kinds of humanitarian aid and and supplies. Um, What the Ukrainians are looking for most right now um, are armored vehicles, they need armored vehicles, tanks, APCs very badly, um, obviously replenishing the ammunition for all of the above. Uh, they need more drones uh, to take better command of the skies. Um, and um, they also need air defense systems for the same reason, to defend themselves and their cities and their people against Russian assaults from the air, the bombardment, uh, the, the missiles, um, the artillery. Um, so all of those things, uh, we don't know exactly what's in the five hundred or $800 million package, uh, but other European countries also have been sending a steady supply, uh, I mean, to their credit, of, of uh, weapons and ammunition and other kinds of supplies to Ukraine. Um, what do you think is going to be the, what do you think, uh, what line are we going to walk in terms of drones? Because unlike as someone that shot a gun a handful of times, let me lay down my expertise on weapons, but unlike something like a javelin missile, or I feel like it's pretty, you know, you kind of learn it and then there you go. It's fire and forget. A drone isn't the same. It's, I mean, that's a high, I've I've interviewed several early on several drone pilots uh, Mm -hmm. for, for reapers, for predators. That's not a, that's not a, you can train and you can train some guys to point a gun in about an hour. You can figure it out. Yeah, it's more complicated. That then leads to the question. Right. Would it be a Vietnam type uh, situation where we send advisors or would we well, have to directly use our no, pilots? No, we're, we're, we're not going to use our personnel to do that. But remember, American military have been in Ukraine training Their military for eight years, since 2014, on a rotating, ongoing basis. Got it. And now, more recently, um, Ukrainians are being trained in other places, as President Biden kind of sort of let slip a while back in Poland, for example. The 82nd. And we know that that certain drones already have been supplied, like those called switchblades, Um, and and probably other sorts as as well, uh, other types. So um, yeah, I mean the training is ongoing, and it's but it's been ongoing for the last eight years. I okay. don't know if they've been training them on drones or not, uh, but they have. We American, uh, you know, the United States have sent uh, our military trainers into Ukraine since 2014. Okay, that that was my. Again, my my limited my limited knowledge base of questions. Um, to uh, to kind of pivot the importance of the sinking of the uh, the what is it the Moskva the Moskva could, could could you go into that a little bit? Is there more yeah. importance to that other than in name? 
Well, certainly symbolic. Yes, the Moskva was the flagship. It, it was a cruiser um, uh, warship of uh, the Russian Navy that uh, had been sent to the Sea of Azov um, to uh, bombard Mariupol in particular, um, maybe other places too. And what it's sinking attests to, I think, is that the Ukrainians uh, have been supplied with short-of-ship um, missiles, Harpoon. maybe something like a British Harpoon, maybe some other model, I don't know. But in any case, that is what the Ukrainians used to uh, hit the Moskva. Moskva, by the way, is the name of the Russian capital. That, In English, that would be Moscow. Uh, okay. Russian and Ukrainian, it's Moskva. That, that, that means Moscow. Um, symbolic, uh, you know, a morale booster for the Ukrainians uh, enormously. I believe that most, if not all, um, of the Moskva's crew uh, did get off the ship. I know that uh, I read or saw somewhere that, that, that Turks were helping them uh, to evacuate the ship. And um, I think most of them, if not all of them, got off the ship before it did sink um, to the bottom of the Sea of Azov, where it lies. Um, so, I mean, more than anything, uh, it is symbolic and a morale booster for the Ukrainians, but it also shows uh, their capabilities, and it may give some pause to the Russians as they attempt, you know, as we were talking about the ongoing attempt to to um, take that that strip of land along uh, the Sea of Azov, and maybe even you know further on out in into the you know along the the, the Black Sea coast. Um, so I, it's it's very significant, um, and uh, you know we, we we shall see how the Russians pursue. Um, you know the use of their of their naval capabilities from now on, knowing now what the Ukrainians have in terms of defensive weaponry. And let me preface this by saying I hate the very logic that I'm about to use because it reminds me of kind of the early 2010s when people would say like, "Stop criticizing Islam. That's why they hate us so much." And it's like never in history has bending the knee shown to work. You don't stop put fighting back against the bully because the bully just gets emboldened. That being said, at what point where will Putin's ego and or nationalistic pride, how many punches on the chin can he take before he uses a, a tactical nuclear weapon? I mean, how many well, I black mean, eyes? It's, it's very hard to tell. And when we're talking about tactical nuclear weapons, we are talking about, yes, nuclear weapons, but which have an impact radius um, that is relatively small, a kiloton size that is relatively small to other nuclear uh, bombs, perhaps a five kilometer radius or something in that, uh, you know, area. Um, but nevertheless, that, that would be um, a real red line to cross to use those. By the way, I, just before coming in here, I was looking at my own TV out, out there in the living room. And uh, I saw um, a crawler along the bottom saying that uh, the Biden administration has halted all U.S. Um, tactical nuclear weapons programs. So we're just we're just not going to do it. I mean, I, I did, you know, it's uh, nuclear weapons. So, you know, uh, in any case, canceled. Um, the Russians have no such compunctions whatsoever or reservations at all. 
Uh, they have a huge inventory of tactical nuclear weapons. Uh, would Putin ever order their use? Can't rule it out, but it really would be a very serious red line to cross. Um, and so far, he has been relying on the model that he used in Syria against Aleppo, for example, or in Chechnya against Grozny, uh, which is basically, if, if I can't take the city, I'm just going to raise it to the ground, you know, pound it with artillery until there's nothing left. Up until now, that's that's been, you know, the brute force approach. And it looks like that is continuing uh, in the Donbass where Putin is trying to reorganize um, he's, he's demoralized, um, disorganized, undersupplied, undertrained um, units that have already been, um, you know, pretty well dismantled by the Ukrainian defenders, which is pretty amazing. Uh, but the brute force approach so far uh, is what we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, denuclear denuclearization is, I mean, a laudable that it's what Reagan wanted. On the other hand when you remove tactical nukes, the entire thing is credible threat. So when you remove our credible threat, that either says that we are not a credible response or that means we're not going to respond with a kiloton. We're going to respond with a a, a Titan II tipped nine megaton, 9,000 kiloton. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it does on another note, it does kind of seem like a, a, as it has seemed for the last uh, year and a half, a dismantling of the the military might of the United States, as Kamala Harris said last week, uh, halting all anti-satellite uh, missile testing, which uh, China and Russia obviously have not halted. I don't. It seems like a, a neutering of our own military forces. Well, but, but remember, I mean, you know, um, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is is very busy. Um, the troops have to have their annual instruction in, um, Pronouns. in s- systematic uh, institutionalized racism and, um, you know, uh, gender identity. Um, and, uh, you know, it, th- those things are priority. Uh, that, that, that's important. You know, can they fight? M- maybe after they take off their high heels, they could try. I maybe mean, where we're I- at. I saw a comment the other day that said, you know, it's kind of amazing. And I I always figured if the United States fell, it would be at war with China, not because, quote, our military is a bunch of trannies with myocarditis. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny, but it's not funny. No, right? no, it's, 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 no, it, it's, it's not. I mean, kind of a, a, a bigger question then i mean is this us neutering ourselves because we are a decaying empire who has embraced progressiveness and tolerance or is this just some brilliant like 10th generation warfare by the chinese to get us to do this to ourselves um it, it definitely the former although i do not rule out the involvement of uh, sure. chinese information operations um elite capture uh, mm-hmm. as the author peter schweitzer terms it um yeah i mean take a look at at the um the military recruitment videos that that either china oh, or russia God. puts out yeah uh, and so then be a man i mean put, put them up you know next to ours and um 
their their so, recruitment videos look like what we would be using in the 50s it's like be a man like tough like support love your country i mean the purpose of the military is to win the nation's battles to secure the nation's defense that's what the military's for uh, not social experimentation, but that's yeah, there's, what they're doing. And there's nothing wrong with social experimentation. That's go ahead and do what you want with your own life. But as all the veterans I've interviewed from Delta Force to lieutenant colonels to generals have said, the U.S. military is for killing people and breaking things. That's it. That's it. In defense of the nation and our constitution. It doesn't mean that we use that for everything. It just means if we are going to use that. That's what you then you'd be for. serious about it. Yeah. And here's the other thing. I mean, here's the other thing. Even if not at war uh, directly, um, there's a lot to be said for the credibility of a deterrent capability. And when we show videos uh, like our military has been displaying, or our intelligence community for that matter too, those kinds of videos, um, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that does not boost, that does not bolster, that, that does not uh, project uh, credible deterrence to our enemies. They're laughing at us and, you know, just rubbing their hands. When can we get started with mopping up all these little soy boys? It's, it, it is, it's, it's, inf- it's infuriating um, to frightening. But 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 to pivot, because you and I obviously agree on all this stuff, so we're just going to go on bashing this so as to use some sort of uh, mental limberness. Let's shift to how much more so we've talked about this before. How much more so does this does this affect uh, China, China's glance on Taiwan? I know we've talked about high level uh, KGB leakers or FSB leakers about how this how uh, uh Xi was planning to invade Taiwan in fall 2022, and this has set it back because of just the way we've seen it unfold. As And I think when we covered that, it was about a month ago. How do you think that has changed since, I mean, really, this has gone on further to where we see Putin becoming more ruthless with war crimes, with taking additional cities, with kind of, as you just said, launching missiles all over to West Ukraine. And now it's all of a sudden, it's like, I thought we were containing this to east ukraine he's not stopping despite the embarrassments and military losses and the loss of resources because they're burning through everything how do you think that shifts china's uh view on taiwan any more or less well you know just just as the ukrainians are proving themselves in battle um as indigestible if you will a porcupine to digest for russia so must Taiwan do the same thing, mm. but in advance and project that credible deterrence. Okay. Uh, and that means that uh, we uh, and others um, need to be supplying Taiwan right now and building up its own credibility. Um, of course, across water, what is it, 100 kilometers or something between mainland China and, and, and uh, Taiwan? Um, it, it, an amphibious assault is, is a different thing than advancing uh, directly across land. It's a different set of skills, different set of um, maneuvers and equipment and all of that. Um, but we need to be making Taiwan look 
impregnable or, or, or just not worth the trouble now. Um, and I believe that is happening, probably not to the extent that it needs to be happening, but you know, as we've talked about before, Xi Jinping uh, is looking for a third term as the party secretary of the Chinese Communist Party at elections that will be held in November of this year, 2022, and very likely does not want to set off, uh, you know, on any uh, adventures against Taiwan before that. Uh, but after that, you know, we'll see. But looking to the example of, of, of Russia, um, completely unable to secure its, its initial objectives in Ukraine after coming on two months. We're, we're pretty close to two months now. February 24 was the invasion of Ukraine. Today is the 21st of April. Um, unable to achieve even the complete um, conquest of the Donbass or of that southern coast we've been talking about. And um, that due to, of course, the amazing leadership of the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, the fighting spirit of, of the Ukrainian people, just incredible. Um, and I mean, not to be discounted, but you know, the assistance of, of so many European and uh, you know, other, other countries' assistance in terms, as, as we've said, of you know, weapons and, and ammunition and humanitarian aid and the willingness to take in I think it's upwards of 3 million, probably more now, refugees out of Ukraine and take care of them. They're putting them up in their own homes in many cases. So all of that combined um, you know, has made Ukraine um, unattainable basically after two months of trying to Vladimir Putin. Taiwan has to be made the same. Now, Yes, U.S. Um, military have been inside of Taiwan as well for many years on a rotating basis, training them uh, in defensive weaponry uh, that we have been supplying to Taiwan. Others have as well. And I think it's also really important to hear uh, the diplomatic statements coming out of such, for example, as the foreign uh, ministry or the defense ministry of Japan talking about uh, a, uh, a Chinese Communist Party assault on Taiwan would be considered by Japan as a national security threat to Japan itself because some of its islands lie so close to Taiwan. So all of those things uh, need to be continued. I mean, just keep that up. And, and uh, we too, uh, the United States, Britain, Canada, others of the Western Alliance, um, need to keep ensuring, even though we don't have a defense pact with Taiwan, we don't, but ensuring that we do stand for their independence and we will support their uh, defense of their own democratic system. Um, in the final couple minutes, because I do got to run in a second, is to stay, to exercise, I guess, mental limberness. Is there anything the Biden administration is doing good regarding Ukraine? As you and I are both not fans of the administration, is there anything that they, that they've done that is well? I mean, deserves here's the credit, thing, right? So yes, the Biden administration has sent 
uh, now I think it's over a billion dollars worth of assistance to Ukraine. Should have been more, should have been sooner, should have been the kinds of weaponry that they were asking for, all that, okay. But here's the thing. The reason that the Biden administration is not supporting, did not support, has not supported Ukraine more than already uh, ha has been done, I think has to do with the nuclear Honor. talks in Vienna, oh. where not only is the United States not allowed in the same room, and we said, okay, okay, we'll sit in the hallway and you can just come out and brief us every now and then, but the United States is using Russia as our go-between in those talks to be our proxy, as it were, actually in the room at the, at, at the adult table. What? And so I think that there is a reluctance to get crosswise of Putin and of Russia because we want, we, the Biden administration wants that deal in Vienna a, a revival of the moribund, I mean, it's dead as a doornail, but they're trying anyway, of the 2015 JCPOA or Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. They want it, they want it, they want it, and they will do anything, uh, including abasing themselves before the Iranians. Um, and the utter hypocrisy, um, you know, of limiting our diplomatic um, presence, engagement, with Russians in other fora, international, while at the same, on, on the pretext that, of Ukraine, while at the same time knowing full well, we're using the Russians in Vienna to be our go-between in the nuclear talks. Utter hypocrisy, immoral um, depravity. There's no other word for it. Well, the one silver, out, silver lining is seems like Elon hasn't given up on buying Twitter. So I'll, I'll click. Looks to like that. he's getting some allies along with him right. to, uh, to join in from the last thing I've seen. I yeah, love and, and Disney, sh uh, losing their self-governance oh, as of like, yeah. as of like an hour ago. Bravo governor DeSantis. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a tweet from Anthony Sabatini about that. So that's, that's insane. Um, but with that, Ms. Lopez, we got to wrap this one up and okay. we will resume next week. And uh, thank you so much. As always, I'll put your Twitter and all of your websites and all that good stuff in the description. As always, go follow Claire on Twitter. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Tommy. Thank you. Take care, Claire. You too.